0: Hey everybody, welcome back to More Cover
1: B. Yeah, welcome to an extra e- an extra real you real extra episode of Real Extra.
0: You know it's coming.
1: Um <laughs> It's going to get extra real. <laughs> um That is true. Oh boy, y'all. Uh, <laughs> that's one
0: of those like you pull the neck of your shirt sideways like a <laughs> <blue>.
1: Yeah, um <laughs> Okay, so we are, obviously, <laughs> as if the wonderfully guarded intro was <laughs> any indication, we are talking about Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, Wonder um, Woman 1984. It uh mm. has come out in theaters and streaming platforms. Um, HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah. Um, and it's a movie
0: it sure is a very long movie
1: so we have we have a lot to say about this movie and unfortunately <laughs> a lot of it is going to be it's going to involve spoilers to some degree uh, we're gonna kick off with just kind of an idea of what the movie is I think we should do kind of a rundown of the individual players yeah and how yeah. they did because that won't be too spoilery yeah Um, And then we're going to dive into the more spoilery stuff. So again, you know, for those who haven't listened to a real extra, uh, go check out all our other real extras. Um, But the first bit is going to be pretty open, pretty just kind of critical, our general thoughts on the movie as a whole. Uh, And then we'll dive into some more like detailed spoilery things. And we'll give you a warning. And we'll give you a warning when that's coming. Um, That said. (sighs) (sighs) Woo um Boy. this so <laughs> 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 obviously this movie is getting mixed reviews and i really don't like coming to the table of cover b and saying you know this is gonna this was bad it was bad i like to kind of find the good in things i really i'm not the type of person that wants to be like super negative or gets my jollies you know gets my like egotistical momentum off of just being like hypercritical of everything. It's I know true. a lot he of people like that. The and the sunshine on the sidewalk. I know a lot of people like that and I feel like it just they feel like it provides them some sort of like false magnitude of genius if they just don't like things. So I try to find good in things. Um that's part of my MO is finding positivity. Um where there might not be much. Um <laughs> That said, like this movie itself had a lot of good parts. Yep. I was talking to T after we watched it and the way I summed it up is like if I came home one day and T was like I'm going to make you a smorgasbord of all your favorite foods. And I was like, "Dope, cool." Um and she sat in front of me like biscuits and gravy and chicken and dumplings and spaghetti. Spaghetti and you know Key lime pie and a big old bowl of Skittles and chocolate cake. Yeah, chocolate cake and a big old bowl of Count Jocula cereal and like all these things that I like. I would love having all of those things and then like a big plate of hot wings, you know, like I would like having all those things, but I wouldn't really like those things together. I wouldn't stir them all into a slurry and then pound them into my mouth. I would yeah. eat, I'm feeling this one right now. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to come back for something else later. Yes. Um that's kind of how I feel about this movie. Yes. There are some gaping points that generally aren't recoverable. That's um right. that would have had to been taken care of at a molecular level. <laughs> um but there were a lot of really good points of this movie both in characters and scenes and a dude getting kicked across a room and screaming really funny we could not stop laughing at that it was hilarious we'll talk was the about best it later part of the movie. <laughs> um and then there was but they just didn't work together so even like f- within this movie's weaknesses within its failures and it's where it falls and where it like doesn't live up to the hype um there were plenty of good points you know Kristen Wiig's character she did her character well she was delightfully Kristen Wiig yeah you know what I mean like Agreed. there were problems in the script level of her character which we'll get into but she played the part that was given to her very very well she did a good job even as a villain I kind of expected her to be kind of corny and cringy as a villain because sometimes when comedians jim carrey yeah sometimes when comedians (laughs) or just people that aren't used to playing villains are like time to be evil it's like you know yeah um chris pine was playing steve trevor that's not a surprise anymore we all knew steve trevor was coming back we've all seen the scenes in the trailer where he's looking at the trash can thinking that it's art. That segment of this dude from World War II era who died in the midst of World War II uh, coming back to life in the 1980s and just trying to, like, understand things was great, was hilarious. And you can tell he was having fun with that role. You can tell that that's just a fun premise where a director looks at you and, like, hey walk around and look at escalators and be like whoa what are these uh like that sounds delightful i would love to be in that role that would be super fun um pedro pascal as maxwell lord not really the maxwell lord i thought we were going to get from the trailers yeah but a fantastic character you can very tell very entertaining you can tell that this dude spent 2 seasons of a popular tv show stuck behind a helmet because <laughs> homeboy was like time to chew up that script um he's
0: an adorable ham
1: yeah it was (laughs) it was fantastic yeah it was a performance to that would bring tears to grogu's eyes probably tears of shame (laughs) but i loved it it was fun um and so it's things like that like there were things that worked and there were some fan servicey moments the movie kind of opens with wonder woman just doing her thing um and you know thwarting some burglars in a mall right yeah and that's just fun it felt very like old school wonder woman tv show yeah. it felt very just like campy and cheesy 80s. fit the 80s vibe everything felt 80s it sweated 80s it sweated the freaking soul glow right out of its jerry curl um <laughs> it it felt good like it it felt that was a cool moment. It was fun. It was it felt fun. Cohesive. It was superhero fun. And the one thing that I've always said can save the DC movies is if they just stop taking themselves seriously and remember that these things were created for people to have fun with. Yeah, you're supposed there to are enjoy it. There're plenty of fans that get emotional ties to heroes. Plenty of emotional stories to be told, but you can't build the structure of that like emotional narrative Unless you have a foundation of people are doing this just to have fun. Right. People pick up comics and dedicate themselves to comics and dedicate themselves to superhero movies to have fun. Right. And that's something that very early on Marvel got and DC did not. Agreed. DC was like, I'm going to go in with like storytelling mode. It's dark and gritty time, baby, because (laughs) their biggest moneymaker was at the time the Nolanverse. And it just had its own sort of twinge. It was its own isolated sort of thing that worked because it was in its own bubble. But when you started trying to bring in these characters that were supposed to stand for hope and putting like a gray filter on them just didn't work needed to be fun. And we saw that with Aquaman and Shazam doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Even the first Wonder Woman movie while still bleak and kind of violent, kind of dark was still a fun movie. You know, I think that's honestly mostly due to Chris Pine just, generally being a fun actor (laughs) i feel like that dude just every role i've seen him in he's just like having a good time you know even like dramatic roles um so the moments of this movie where they just let fun lead were the best parts of this movie yeah wonder woman in 1984 in the 1980s really works it has a good kind of campiness to it i mean her costume in general is Kind of over the top and can't see. Kind, rel- kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and it, it works in that setting.
0: Yeah, I could see that. But I... it was just
1: all the framework around all those moments. Yeah. That kind of let everything else down, let all the other effort down. You know? I
0: agree. Part of what gave me so much difficulty with this movie is that to me, there were two different tones permeating throughout the entirety of the film and they were constantly at odds with each other and both sides had pot like good moments like there are fun fan servicey like you mentioned there are fun fan servicey moments that are very campy and very kind of silly and kind of you know like over the top and there was some acting that was over the top and so it had this very like Tim Burton esque vibe, which mm-hmm. I could really like. I can cut my teeth on some Tim Burton, okay? Like the Tim Burton Batman movies were fun. Mm-hmm. They might not have been great, but they were fun. And then there's some other tone on the other side that's like very, um, almost, it's got that like Wonder Woman majesticness. Like there's the o- very opening scenes of the movie is her as a young girl in the mascara. Yeah, And like, the tone is like it's optimistic it's hopeful but it's still kind of serious mm-hmm. and there's instances of that throughout the film and there are moments of that that are very sweet and very emotional and, and you know i think are really good and there's some acting by gal gadot which she's much more subdued than the other car- than the other actors in this role but i think that makes sense for how we've seen her yeah. so those two tones on their own are great But because they never commit to one side or the other, the movie felt out of balance the whole damn time. And so it's like, I either want you to fully whole hog commit to this like ridiculous, like smash cuts, you know, Tim Burton zany music obnoxiousness Mm -hmm. or commit to the elegance that was the first Wonder Woman movie. And it's like they couldn't. They wanted to do the silly Tim Burton 80s vibe, but they were too afraid to commit. It's
1: it's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's they saw the kind of gonzo goofiness of Aquaman and Shazam. Yeah. And how well those worked and how well those were received. People didn't really shit on those movies yeah no they got off really really easy every (laughs) big comic book movie is gonna have haters so of course they had stuff going on i mean even the mandalorian which is like sweeping up and i know that's not comic books but it's nerd fandom it's just the first thing that came to my head had its haters for reasons yeah um and it, it feels like they looked at those two movies and they were like damn those did really well and then, even though Wonder Woman also did really, really Wonder well, Man
0: was the first of them to do. They well. <laughs> made
1: correlations between those two movies doing really, really well, and we were—they were like, we need that. So they tried to like take the formula of Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot being a very kind of subdued actress, yep. very like she's not the most emotive person. You know, she's been in comedies before, but it always kind of works as her being the like the hot person who takes herself too seriously. You know what I mean? Or the straight man. And that's she's part, very reserved. That's part of where the humor was in the first movie because it was like, she's on Themyscira, she meets this guy from outside of Themyscira, now she's outside of Themyscira, but she's still kind of acting like Wonder Woman. And that's what Wonder Woman is. Like, that's yeah. modern Wonder Woman, non, you know og show campy kind of wonder woman like (laughs) modern wonder woman is like swords and shields and whips and kicks and punches and very like aggro and the humor around wonder woman is her being the straight man of wanting to do these things to people and people being like whoa chill (laughs) take a step back like she's
0: kind of like Drax. So much, so
1: much of the comedy, like I'll just pull from the recent Justice League Dark run. Yeah. So much of the comedy, or any like, it's a bleak run, but any comedy that there is is often in response to how intense Wonder Woman is. Yeah. So it's Constantine or Bobo or even Man Bat, kind of rebounding off of the wall that is Diana' intenseness. Yeah diana just like rock solid badass kind of energy and these guys being like wow (laughs) okay yours is bigger um (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of how it goes and they unfortunately they in making diana's character kind of like set in her ways and more you know quote-unquote westernized i guess like she felt very like she was no longer that girl from that that woman excuse me from than mascara anymore she was no longer that like i'm going out into the world and experiencing this for new you know i'm fighting a war that isn't really my war but you know aries girl and all this stuff it's she's you know got a museum job she's got a Bang in apartment you know she's yeah. got a great wardrobe she knows how to dress herself she knows how to live herself she goes to fancy restaurants you know what i mean but she, she hails handles
0: herself by herself she
1: hails cabs and stuff and that's all fine but it's almost it's less that woman from themiscara anymore and diana the amazonian living in america yeah you know and she's been there for like 50 years or whatever and that's just who she is. And so you lose a part of that character that is kind of necessary if you want to make her that straight man bouncing off of this kind of comedy. Right. Um, And then you don't really have her playing into any real comedy or any real, like, kind of joviality in her character. She's still just very straight, very, like, precise, very, like, cold at times. Yeah. And... Because that's the character that we were introduced to in the first Wonder Woman. But then you have everyone else playing a Shazam Aquaman type character. Super off of that, characters. very bombastic, very, you know, like you said, even like burton And like the early Batman movies are a great kind of, because, you know, I got mad Michelle Pfeiffer energy off of Kristen Wig, oh, big time. You know, Pedro's acting and just chewing up the scene was just about every Batman villain in all the like... <laughs> All the different like Batman forever and Batman and Robin and all that, um kind without of very, the very Jack, yeah, yeah, without the garish costumes, um and yeah, it just it it just worked, but the two of them just had trouble working together, yeah, and so you you do you see these two tones and these two sorts of messages that they're trying to get across, um, and that's kind of honestly the biggest problem with this movie is that it was trying it wasn't even trying too hard to approach too many themes or deliver too many messages it was trying not hard enough on any of them yeah it had so many messages there was messages of hope messages of friendship messages about not cutting quarters and truth. not cheating and messages about truth and messages about dreams messages about weight w- wishes and you know messages about time and all this stuff love and relationships yeah, and, and commitment. It, it but Oof. it never fully really like committed to any of those no. and that even goes to a more like a more visual point as well as we'll talk about once we dive into our spoilery section which we can probably do here pretty soon um is that, like, so many of the things they introduced in this film or tried to do in this film were never talked about until the point they came up.
0: They never showed the
1: gun. And, yeah, and it's just like, oh, hey, this is happening now just because, (laughs) and it's, like, that was my biggest problem is that, like, everything transitioned on a just, like, cause it's supposed to, and it, there was never any setup for these things. And again, it was like they had these ideas of scenes and transitions that they wanted to do, but they never committed enough to any of them to make any of them really coherently happen. Yeah. Really like organically happen. It was kind of just like. So before we dive into um, the spoilery bits and we break this thing down a little bit more for anybody who is, you know, going to cut here so that you can go watch the thing, just my personal last thoughts and T will get your last thoughts I feel the same way about this movie as I felt with the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, And it's what I told everybody because, again, I try to find the positives in things. I don't think this was an awful movie. Was it a great movie? No. By all means, it was not a great movie. It wasn't a defining moment for the superhero genre. Didn't really do anything fresh and exciting. Relied pretty heavily on fan service, whatever. Do I think it was a good movie? I think it depends on how you look at it. It was visually fine with the exception of some CGI stuff. It had laughable moments. It had enjoyable moments. I had moments where I was interested in what was going on, just like I had moments where I was a little like, there was kind of a middle section in Egypt that was like, Um, (coughs) this is a popcorn movie. Yeah. This is a movie that you put on because you want to have a movie on. This is a Sunday morning, it's, you know, I'm cleaning movie. This
0: is a while I'm folding laundry
1: movie. This is not a movie where you invite your friends over and you get drinks and everybody's ready to watch and absorb this movie. It's just not. It doesn't have enough substance there. And it doesn't set enough up for the universe there. For it to really be of that caliber. You know. Um, But it is a fine. I've got a thing of snacks and nothing to do. Let me watch a superhero movie. Movie. That's just how it is. It has its moments. It has some joy. But it's not going to leave you in tears.
0: Chris is the sunshine on a cloudy day. I'm the cloud. <laughs> um. From the female perspective, if you are looking for a movie to give you that same awesome, empowered feeling you had from the first Wonder Woman, go watch Birds of Prey. Yeah. Don't watch this. Yeah. This mo- The more I thought about this movie and I, yeah. like, analyzed parts a lot of it of that we'll talk problematic about. stuff, yeah. Don't. Don't. Just don't. It, It's not worth it. it. It's honestly, leave the positive taste of Wonder Woman from the first one in your mouth and don't.
1: Just don't. Wait for them to use the character on something else, because yeah. they surely will.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and just Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't put too many. Don't don't hedge your bets on this one. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um okay, so we are going to dive into spoilery stuff. So spoiler alert is in effect. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it when I do that. I just like every real extra that we do. Okay. So before we get into the spoilers Let me break this down for you Every real extra that we do I click record and we get ready to roll And I think to myself Man I hope she doesn't do the real extra thing (laughs) And then she does it And I'm like okay fine And then we start moving through the thing And my brain while I'm talking and ranting Goes God I hope she doesn't go And then she does (laughs) And I just am left having to live with this. So anyway. <laughs>
0: you signed up for this. I
1: did, yeah. It's just like it's like she can't resist. I can't. We've it's, talked about it in the past, how it bothers me. It's how I, coded in I'm my I'm putting up, a, I'm editing in a <laughs> spoiler warning sound effect. Don't have to do a wee U Wii U. And then it happens. <laughs> and i just i don't i don't know why she defaults to the like richard nixon real <laughs> extra thing that she does i don't know guys i just don't know I learned it from watching you. Okay, so anyway, spoiler effect or spoiler alert is in effect. Uh, we are going to talk about spoiler things. I think the easiest way to go about this tea is if we just go character to character and talk about the things that worked and the things that did not work. Um,
0: so you'll go first, and then I'll go next.
1: Okay, so let's do. We'll do like a volley thing. So okay. I will talk about a character first. So you hit me with a character, and then you'll talk about one, and I'll hit you with a character. We'll just go back and forth. Okay. Okay. All right. So you pick a character for me to rant about.
0: Okay. So you're going to rant. Okay. But I want to rant about all of them.
1: I mean, we can rant about together. Okay. But just.
0: Here. Here's the first one. Okay. Steve Trevor.
1: Steve Trevor. What can I say about (laughs) Steve Trevor? Aside from, gosh, he's adorable. And also, he's possessing the body of a man.
0: It's so mad.
1: So in the lead-up for... Ooh. So let's break down a plot point because it's an important <laughs> plot point. So we'll we'll actually start there. Um, everything in this movie happens because of a magical wishing stone. <laughs> I wish that were a joke. It's, it's called the Dreamstone. It is from DC Comics. I think it's a deep cut for DC Comics because I don't honestly know where it I looked it in. up
0: because I was interested. It's an incredible deep cut. It's a Justice League, like, way back, like... Uh, Dr. Despair and Dream and yeah. like it, so, it also it's mind control it has literally Jack Diddley to do with wish making just so you knew it's you nice. get possessed by your nightmares a dude used oh, it sick. in a di- in a diner at an all night diner he could put everyone in their worst nightmare so they all killed e- them, each other
1: oh was that in Sandman maybe that, no that wasn't no, the Dreamstone in, just- in Sandman no
0: it's in Justice League like
1: Cause something. like the same thing happens in Sandman
0: It's I mean it's dream So yeah, maybe hey. It's it's jacked and it's dark And they abused Let's it see, and made it super
1: late <laughs> But so yeah they find the Dreamstone, They make wishes on them <sighs> And so that's how So for <laughs> oh, God just, For um love. You know for the entire lead up to this shit show we were <laughs> <laughs> we were like hey how is steve trevor gonna come back you know it's comic books whatever um well it turns out that diana grabs hold of the dream stone and in her head by the way the only wish that's ever made in somebody's head every other wish has to be touching the stone and stating i Properly wish Properly
0: articulated so
1: for whatever reason there you go um, I guess wishes that Steve was back So instead of like zombie Steve Crawling his <laughs> World War II ass Out of the ground Or
0: just apparating Because it's a comic book bu- movie And we're totally fine with You know yeah. Pushing away expectations of realism He could just poof From nothing Which is fine Because it's comics Yes Anyway
1: so, yes, the Dreamstone was the one from uh, from uh, Sandman. So that whole diner thing is what happens in okay. there. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I was, okay, cool.
1: I believe so, if I'm reading this correct.
0: Yeah. I saw somewhere that it was featured in a Justice League thing, but there might have been like a crossover yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, Dreamstone,
1: Sandman, yeah. It's been a long time since I've read Sandman. Yeah. So going off of this but yeah it's like the dream ruby yeah uh and he uses it to make people in the diner like rape each other and stuff it's really messed up um i read it in college for a class yay Uh, (laughs) um man it's been a long time (laughs) at a christian college hurrah uh (laughs) christian heavy air quotes um Anyway, so Diana makes her little in-her-head dream, and so Steve, not zombie Steve, not ghost of Steve, not a new apparition, apparition or, a, you know, elect like a bubble appears in an alleyway and electricity shoots out, and then in the bubble goes away and a naked Steve Trevor is there, and he's like, your clothes give them to me. <laughs> um, none of that happens. No. Uh, Steve's soul takes control of some poor 1980s rando bachelor, um, just piloting this guy's body while this guy's soul is question question mark. mark. Um, that's how, and at no point at no point does Diana have a problem with this. No. Um, otherwise he was a delight. I, I very problematic how we got him into this movie. I don't really think he should have been in this movie. I get no. it. Chris Pine did a great job as Steve Trevor. Everybody wanted more Chris Pine. How could you not look at him? He's dreamy. Um, But he did a good job. And again, it looked like Chris Pine was having a fun time playing this. But for the <laughs> most part, he was kind of just there to do things and to make Diana pine no pun intended <laughs> and it um there were a few moments where i was like okay that's he looks at fireworks at one point he's like what's that it's like dude fireworks have been used since like the 1700s Didn't, um weren't
0: they done in like chinese empire like and stuff like come on man you,
1: you would know what fireworks were if you were from like the 40s Chill. um and you know everybody's like oh, it's a good thing that He steals a jet at one point and just knows how to fly it. But, like, as far as I know about piloting, kind of similar. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen too many cockpits of, like, World War II era planes. But I don't feel like piloting has changed that much. But he does have a lot easier time than I think he probably would have. Um, So, I don't know. Steve was fun. He's one of those fun parts that I was talking about. I liked him there. There were goofy parts. But he also is kind of the... I wouldn't say the president, but the vice president of the let's bring Shazam energy into this movie club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The president role is taken and we'll talk about him. <laughs> um, But Steve, we just didn't need him.
0: I first off, I'm just going to say this because I feel like it's very important. Possession is not consent. That's OK. It's
1: very. Yeah, it's, it's that whole thing is up. really jacked up
0: because. She has sex with this guy who is not inhabiting his own effing body. Is that rape?
1: That's probably... Uh, yeah,
0: Yeah, that's kind of sexual assault. I mean, assault. He, can't,
1: he can't make the decision. No, he
0: can't make the decision. You're using his body like a plaything. It's so... And he just like... They, they consume his body for at least, like, two, three days, which means that this dude's entire existence and, like, responsibilities and obligations and job expectations are all just, you know, mm. not happening. God help him if he's got, like, a sister that's an invalid that needs him to care for them or something. Yeah. Like, you don't know. It's, it's messed up. Up. And yep. with it being a monkey paw scenario, it's entirely possible that the monkey paw was that you just robbed this dude of something important in his life.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about the monkey paw thing because I have opinions <coughs> on that. Um, closing thoughts on Steve Trevor, the good. He was funny uh, and he brought some really much needed levity to this. Uh, worst thing about Steve Trevor, he at one point loads a rocket into a rocket launcher on a 1980s APC and just happens to know how to fire it. That was probably... Everyone's giving him shit for flying a plane. That, honestly, in my opinion, he takes over this APC, is able to completely and majestically drive this thing. (laughs) And then he's like, Diana, I'm going to fire this rocket. Is he firing the rocket at Diana, you might say? No, he's firing it so she can lasso it to get momentum to get ahead of the caravan so that she can rescue some kids that turn into dummies. Um... (laughs) if right there <sighs> that <sighs> <laughs> that statement just hurt you in some way um yep maybe walk away from this one uh but yeah that's my closing thought on steve Drover.
0: yeah my closing thought is wow i'm super glad that once again we make a female lead spend her entire existence focused on a male counterpart
1: that's that- more of a diana closing thought
0: But if he weren't there, it wouldn't happen. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, Steve was fun to watch. Yeah. Possession's not consent.
1: It's not. It's true. All right, T. Talk to us about Wonder Woman.
0: (sighs) Okay. So here's the thing about Wonder Woman, right? She comes from an island of all women. Word. There's no dudes. True. She's a total badass. All of the women from the mascara are total badasses. In the first movie, the reason why she connects to Steve Trevor and falls for him is because she sees empathy from a man the way that she sees empathy from women. She relates to him in an emotional level. And that's great. But here's the thing in the comic books, Wonder Woman never shirps her experiences because of men. It doesn't. No. No. She was raised better than that, Mm -hmm. okay? Literally, the entire majority of her plot point in this movie, which, just gonna say for a Wonder Woman movie, air quotes, there's a whole lot of everybody else's shit going down that has nothing to do with her. But anyway, her whole plot point, the only involvement we get of her in this entire freaking movie is her, I miss Steve. Yay, Steve's here. I miss Steve again. That's it. it. No! Yeah. No! This movie should have been demonstrating that while Steve brought her into this world, she now sees that the value of this world is more than just him and his humanity as its whole, and she is here to be a guardian of truth and expectation that Steve brought her here, but she doesn't need him anymore, Yeah. and they ruined
1: it! Yeah, this is literally, if you can get an F... Minus on the Bechdel <laughs> test.
0: It, ah! <laughs>
1: this 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 movie would have it. But the only um,
0: conversation her and Barbara have the whole freaking time talks about Steve. Great, super glad, good job team. Yeah,
1: Patty, what the um, hell? So yes, uh, Wonder Woman is not in the best light in this here movie. Lots oh. of reasons. Yeah. Most of which were screamed at you by a violent woman just now. I'm so angry. Um, I'm so, angry. so we mentioned the monkey's paw thing. So here's <laughs> the thing about that monkey's paw they realize it's a whole monkey's paw situation. For those who don't know, the monkey's paw is a short story from 1907, <laughs> I think, um, 190 something. Uh, 19 diggity two. We had to say diggity because the Kaiser took our numerals. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so the monkey's paw is a short story. It's all about this monkey's paw that grants you wishes. However, the wishes have a horrible consequence. So it's like, you'd be like, I want to meet the girl of my dreams and you meet her and her husband or like, I want this super fast sports car and you get it, but the brakes are faulty and it becomes your coffin. That kind of thing. It's
0: literally the entirety of Alanis Morissette's. Isn't it ironic?
1: Don't you think? Uh, A little too... No. um, (laughs) I will not. Uh, (laughs) So they find out that in granting wishes... The stone will also take away what is your most desired thing or like your most beloved thing. I forget how they actually phrase it, but um, Kristen Wiig's character, Barbara, makes a comment like, what is your most beloved thing other than your wish? Fine. The problem with that is, is that it really presents a lot of issues with the characters, and we'll talk about Barbara's whole monkey's <coughs> paw situation, but Wonder Woman's is she wants Steve Trevor back, but her most beloved thing is her powers, uh-huh. and I don't know. I just feel like that presents this bizarre. There is a little bit. This is another one of those things that they didn't really show, and it bothered me. Um, they never really showed enough of her having this like very strong emotional attachment to her powers you know it's that sort of situation would be built off of showing a character being very egotistical or very vain or very like you can't hurt me and i'm not afraid of anything and stuff and while we see while we see elements of that we don't see a ton of that and it's not very like explicitly laid out in dialogue or anything like that. Or this would happen to a character like Rock Lee from Naruto. Like yeah. he's all about training. He's all about being the best, all about training, 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 training. And then he gets like his leg shattered and might not be a ninja anymore. And he's devastated. That he's devastated. So what we get from that, what we can infer because it's not told to us is that Wonder Woman's real, true desire the thing she loves beyond everything else is her ability to punch people really hard. So is Wonder Woman just a violent person? Is Wonder Woman egotistical? And what does that build for Wonder Woman? That now not only do we have Wonder Woman who has spent 50 years basically just torn up that this dude's not a part of her life. I roll. Or... You know, but also a Wonder Woman who is so, like, vain that her most desired thing that would be taken away from her is her strength.
0: And, like, you could technically, like, okay, maybe if they talked about it, you could rationalize that... Her, her most prized possession or whatever, most beloved thing, blah, 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 is that her ability to help others. Well, yeah. And
1: that's that's what I was going to hit on is that they could have really visualized that. And they had a moment where she's swinging in to save the Egyptian kids. Yeah. Where she loses grip of her rope and things go south. Yep. Um, And they could have showed more things like that. Like, what if her, what was getting taken away from her was literally her ability to help people. Yeah. And every time she tried to help people, She made things worse. And you could build that up with more instances of her trying to help people and making things worse. But then at the same time, we see her randomly get shot and be like, I'm bleeding. She wasn't trying to help somebody there. That was just her strength not being there anymore. So it was less. And at no point does she ever really lament her inability to help people. She doesn't have a moment where she looks to the sky and she's like, for the last 50 years, I spent all my time just being this wonder woman, this person who is saving lives. And now that's slipping away from me. She had no moments like that.
0: In fact...
1: She spent the whole time just being like, no, Steve, I'm not going to renounce my wish. Stop asking. Well,
0: and in fact, she kind of implies at one point when he's like, you know, we should probably talk about this. And she gets all like, I'm not talking about this, Steve. She, it, it like, implies, like yeah, okay, cool, I have this whole saving the world bit, but, like, I would give everything up if I could have you back. And I'm like, that's shitty. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's not Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like, excuse me, Wonder Woman that I know would never, ever give up her effective godlihood for a dude. Yep. What? Yeah. Who is this character they've made? It's yeah. disgusting. It's
1: it's pretty rough. And it so it just presents some problems. Um... Closing thoughts on Wonder Woman. It just wasn't a good depiction of this was not. This not was a major it. step down yeah. for the DC Cinematic Universe Wonder Woman. It was a major step down, major, major, major step down. Um. I'll talk a bit about, you know, we're going to close the episode. with talking about the things we would have fixed things that, you know, were we in control or were we had a had we a dream stone, we would make uh better. And I've got a big point on that. But this was a major step down for her. That said, I still think Gal Godot is a great Wonder Woman. I think a lot of people are giving her crap for her acting, but I think that's honestly just because she was placed next to so many bombastic actors that her more subdued style was coming across as bad. There were some cringy lines, but I, I thought it was fine. I think the writing was worse than her acting. She's gorgeous. I know that's superficial, but God, she's gorgeous. And um, <laughs> she's, a she's still a lady. very good wonder woman. She yes. fits the role so very, very well. And she had a lot of heart in this. And even her closing, the closing monologue, when she defeats Maxwell Lord, though, incredibly stupid that it was happening that way she delivered it really really well she did a good job yeah. my least favorite thing about wonder woman is that she made an invisible jet and we had no idea yeah like uh, she, how that was again them not showing anything until it became like we should have saw she mentions that she made a coffee cup disappear we should have seen that yeah. we should have seen snippets of her like reading Themysciran texts and like practicing looking at articles and practicing all these different magic things. And then one day making a coffee cup disappear and be like, Whoa. And then it could have just been a dumb little montage to music of her, like beating up crooks and then like practicing these magics and stuff. But instead it's like, Oh man, we're stealing a jet. What would be a convenient thing to happen? I know. Let me call up my fan service (laughs) hotline. Hey fan service. What can we do for the fans? Oh, right. Invisible jet. And then move on.
0: That's one of the parts that I'm talking about where, like, either go full Tim Burton ridiculousness, in which case her making a jet invisible, I would have been like, this is hilarious. I love it. I'm fine Mm -hmm. with it. But that's not the essence of the movie. And so it was just sort of rando. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, Chris. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk about Max.
1: (laughs) Pedro Pascal is my favorite Disney Channel original movie antagonist, not in a Disney Channel original movie. Oh my god, yes. He is like a character from Pete and Pete that got lost on the studio lot. Oh my God, I love this character. I need Wes Anderson to make a Pedro Pascal, the coked up businessman movie (laughs) ASAP. I need it in my life. Oh my God. It's so true. It's like Pedro showed up and he's like, look, I've been talking out of a trash can for freaking. To a puppet. Freaking two years now to a freaking puppet. I'm chewing this shit up. He like grabbed the script supervisor and ripped her in half, and that's why the script was what it was. Um, but yeah, Pedro did a great job. I don't care. It was cheesy, it was weird, but damn, it felt good. It. It felt like, you know, the cheesy weirdness you would get in like a nineteen eighties comedy antagonist. Yeah. Like a an Eddie Murphy p- device or like a Caddyshack type movie. Like those kind of it's like, like a Steve Martin character. It is kind of <laughs> like it is kind of like a Steve Martin character or like a Chevy Chase character. Like it just <laughs> it it worked. It was it was fun. Was it what the movie needed? Probably not. Um especially with maxwell lord and what maxwell lord and wonder woman's relationship is in the comics for those who don't know a big turning point for wonder woman's character in the comics was that she actually killed maxwell lord and it was televised um and it hurt her reputation it hurt her connection to her friends batman and superman who she saved by doing so by the way um
0: good self-righteous men excellent
1: in the comics maxwell lord has the ability to control minds. He creates a legion of OMACs, which are basically like humans and inf- turned into cyborgs because they got infected by nanites or something comic booksy. Um, <laughs> and controlled Superman, took over Superman's mind, did kind of a Dreamstone kind of thing, the comic Dreamstone, not the yeah. um, where he made Superman think Batman was brainiac and so superman beats the crap out of batman um which thank god it was just a beating the crap out of because if superman thought batman was brainiac then like he could have done some real effing damage to batman um and then maxwell lord convinces superman that wonder woman is doomsday who just killed lois lane and so they fight 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 she realizes oh man even if i take superman out i'm not going to be able to take maxwell lord out Maxwell Lord reveals that his whole plan was to have them decimate a bunch of stuff as they fight. And then he can be like, look, superhumans are bad. We should keep making OMAX so that we can kill superhumans. She gets him in the lasso of truth. She's like, let Superman go. He does. But then he goes, I just want you to know because I'm in this lasso of truth and we're having a nice little conversation. You made me tea. You know, I feel like I should be more open with you. That's what my therapist says. Anyway, I'm going to use Superman to kill more people the moment you let me go. And she's like, okay, well, is there any way I can stop you from doing that or stop permanently stop your hold over Superman? And he's like, you got to kill me. So she does. That was how Maxwell Lord's relationship with Wonder Woman was in the comics. What we got in the movie was a dude who turns himself into... The book The Secret, and then goes around (laughs) granting wishes and deteriorating for some reason, looking like he friggin' snorted coke through his eyeballs and (laughs) granting wishes and sweating a lot and really just sweating a lot in this movie. And then he gets he finally gets all the power he wants and wonder woman convinces him to remember his kid who he's talked shit about whole movie. his kid who, by the way
0: <laughs> oh, here comes.
1: journeys from an office in Washington DC, presumably through like a walking dead hellscape highway
0: <laughs> through a wormhole maybe
1: to what I thought was a completely different state. Um, <laughs> through a forest to the exact place where his sweaty ass dad is <laughs> running out into a field being like, Alistair! And it's just like, Daddy! That kid's a freaking basset hound. His <laughs> his mom is half St. Bernard. I swear to God. I don't understand that. Um, I don't. There's that was, so many computers. I wish that was the craziest freaking thing that happened in this movie, but I would watch another two and a half hours of pedro pascal playing a crazy villain it was yeah. great i just i want to see more of it he has that intensity and damn he plays a good dad i'm sorry but uh, that dude in everything, that dude is 2020's dad it's true he is the the father of nerddom we just need him being dads in roles i'm not for typecasting but there are two people that need to be typecasted <laughs> from recent things that i've seen Giancarlo Esposito needs to be a villain In everything Period. And Pedro Pascal Needs to be dads of everybody Yep. Every character that that's has it. a dad That's going to be in a movie He needs to be that person's that's dad it. If it's a movie and it's about four kids And all four of them have dads I want Pedro Pascal and different mustaches <laughs> Each dad is the same one I don't care if the kids Are black, white, Asian I don't give a shit Pedro Pascal is their dad <laughs> Bar none, hands period. down, stop. Every dad on shows like Riverdale and freaking Riverdale, I don't know what other shows kids watch these days, needs to just be replaced <laughs> by Pedro to get rid of all those actors. Whoa. Sorry, uh. Nolan North. Get out of here. And now... Easy there, dude. Pedro Pascal. The dad from Riverdale died. <laughs> One down. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luke Perry, we miss you. We really, really Pour do. One out for Luke. Oh my God. The joke was horrible, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean that. Um
0: I, what you guys couldn't see because this is a podcast. Is I saw the glint, the evil little twisted glint <laughs> hit Chris's eye and he was like, Do I Is it dark humor? <laughs>
1: Is 50 minutes into a rant about Wonder Woman 84 time enough to make a dark ass joke? Anyway, um, Maxwell Lord was fine, but I just don't think he served any... He did not help the movie be better than what it was.
0: We didn't need two villains, and of the two, respectfully, his was unnecessary. Well,
1: while we're talking about villains... Go ahead and wrap us up talking about Barbara, Miss Cheetah herself, and then we'll talk about kind of what the overall opinions of this whole thing was. Oh, Barbara, 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 they did you
0: wrong, my love. So, so wrong. In the comics, Cheetah's origin is she is a badass scientist doing stuff, goes to the jungle on like an expedition finds this thing where she then becomes, like, possessed by a jungle god and, like, becomes, you know, half cheetah, half human and goes on a conquest of blood-thirsty power. And she's a total badass and she's strong and tough and vindictive and brilliant and clever and vicious and excellent. And... Forms into a fully functioning existing villain without direct ties to Diana and Wonder Woman at all. She's her own existence. And then when they come to clash, they come to clash very organically. In this, they, they made the conversations they have. The first conversation talks about Diana's shoes. Then they talk about shoes again. Then they talk about boys. And then Barbara's existence bounces from almost being a sexual assault victim to being boy-crazy obsessed with Max to then becoming the villain by being an antagonist against her potential sexual assaulter. And then to violently protecting Max Lord for literally no effing reason at all, to then deciding she wants to become a, a cheetah, effectively, an alpha alpha predator, but like, f- where, where, apex predator, like where, from what, from what circumstances is this the thing that you want? And that's, that's pretty much it. That's her whole freaking thing. And my favorite part is this. is We talk about, like, oh, what's her most, you know, beloved trait? What does she lose? She don't lose her brain, which, seeing as how she's a brilliant, multi-degreed scientist, she instead loses her empathy, which has been abused her whole life, despite the f- and, and constantly manipulated by those around her. Wow, cool. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity for the first substantial female villain in a DC universe title and they made her a useless one-dimensional sidekick to Pedro going ham off the rails that's how you're going to do this that's that's how you're gonna bring in Cheetah that's how you're gonna bring in an incredibly awesome deep in interesting female villain Mm. you're gonna you're gonna make her a sidekick
1: what the F? <laughs> yeah. it um, And this is a good segue to kind of our closing thoughts on the movie. But the big problem with Cheetah is just that there are a lot of stories, even just recently, about Barbara and Diana that are all about friendship and the struggles of friendship. And Diana trying to be compassionate for Barbara, despite Barbara's current predicament and Barbara's bloodthirsty nature and the things Barbara has done. Uh, wonder woman, dead earth, uh, black label title has a great relationship between wonder woman and cheetah. Uh, in the recent year of the villain stuff, they had a great story arc, a great saga between the two of them. And honestly, you know, this segues perfectly into my big problem with this movie was that it's what I mentioned earlier about tone. I think this movie could have been an extensively better movie. uh, Just exponentially better. If they had settled on a different tone that was more akin to the first movie. If they had removed Steve Trevor entirely. Mm-hmm. And they had made... Well, uh, I take that back. Steve Trevor would be a part of... Basically, they had the choice of A and B because both Cheetah and Maxwell Lord are very important villains mm-hmm. in in Wonder Woman's whole thing yep. and her whole oeuvre. Very important villains yeah. with very important stories to be told. And I think Steve Trevor would have fit fine in a Maxwell Lord-driven movie. Yeah, It could have been... They should have stuck to the mind control thing because F it, it's superhero stuff. The Arrowverse didn't get... By by making everything make sense, it gets weird, dude. And they're Real fine weird. with it. Oh yeah. Um, and just let superheroes be superheroes. Let it be fun. Get over your scruples. Stop trying to make things. But somehow a wishing stone is better than mind control. I don't know. Um, just have Maxwell Lord be a mind controlling villain. I don't know what the story would be. I don't know if you'd want to dive into Omac stuff and dive into superhero stuff. Make him like a Jay Jonah Jameson. I hate that Wonder Woman kind of character. Whatever. Yeah, interesting. But. Make Maxwell Lord a serious, dangerous villain, you know, and because all the danger in that movie happened because Maxwell Lord was power hungry, but he was not causing the danger. He was power hungry and his power hunger was inadvertently causing the danger because people were wishing for like, I want more nuclear weapons and stuff like that. And it was their wishes that were causing these these problems. The wishing stone was the main antagonist. Um, have a more serious tone, Maxwell Lord. Have Steve Trevor be a figment of Diana's imagination that Maxwell Lord has thrust upon her to keep her distracted while he does his own shit. That's interesting. and have it end with her having to kill Maxwell Lord. I get it. I get why they didn't do it that way because they already have. And this goes back to my constant, 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 just and i won't lay into it too hard but my constant constantly bringing up this point i can't think of the the verb i was looking for um i'm constantly bringing up the point that superman killing zod in man of steel was the instant nail in the coffin for the dc universe the fact that they blew that out so fast (laughs) so so quickly was a horrible decision and it instantly torpedoed their franchise they could have done so much better and we see the ripples of it because i guarantee some wb executive at some point the script probably contained wonder woman snaps maxwell lord's neck and the producers were probably just like no we did that already also we want this to be a fun movie so and so here we are without that big turning point in diana's character it's true. true. Um, alternatively, the option B is that you focus entirely on Cheetah. Mm-hmm. You focus entirely on Barbara. You have them develop a friendship and you have the whole thing be, have it play out like Frozen does, where it's <laughs> not about love. It's about friendship. It's about women supporting women. It's about, you know, building relationships and relying on one another. You know, yeah. have Wonder Woman doing her like, don't tell anybody I was here thing. Her, like, under the covers, like, under the covers, under the cover of her, like, secret kind of crime stopping thing that she's trying to do, even though she's wearing bright red and blue, you know? Yeah. Cause, like, every time she goes to stop crime, she, like, busts up the cameras and then, like, tells little kids, like, shh, <laughs> you know? And it's like, have her be doing that and have Barbara kind of convince her, like, yo, come out of your shell a little bit. Like, come get lunch with me. Like, have Barbara be more fun and less of a joke and a parody of a nerd, you know? And have them develop this friendship. And it's, like, the first time in since World War II that Diana's been able to really, like, bond with somebody. Yep. You know? Yep. You can bring up Steve a little bit. That's fine. It's a part of her character. Blah, blah, Bechdel test. But, <laughs> you know, it is a part of her character. Yeah. And that's her history. And you can have it mentioned that that's part of why she's cold because she got close to somebody and she lost them and it hurt. Yeah. And now she's like, I'm never getting close to anybody again, but now she's got this friend, this friend gets into some shit, starts having some transformations going on. Yeah. Barbara's trying to help her figure it out. And then not only do you in that movie still having cheetah, because we did not end this one with cheetah No, we did because she renounced her wish, which is another thing, uh... but you also get a more heartfelt story that allows wonder woman to be a very empowering character that stands on her own yep and i think that was the biggest problem. they a wanted to do both they couldn't decide on a tone Nope. the script was a mess and the plot was ridiculous and fine like there were a lot of (laughs) there were a lot of problems with this movie but i think a big overarching problem was just that they should have decided on one of the villains or the other and they should have hammered down a tone that was closer to what we got. I agree. Or what we got in the first one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So,
0: if I would change anything about this movie or what what I would change about this movie is similar to what Chris would change and I I need I need to articulate this because I need people to understand. I'm not trying to be like crazy man-hated feminist psycho here that's not Mm -hmm. that's not my persona that's not the type of person i am either trust me i get very angry whenever anybody gets forced into stereotypes or expectations i mean probably the maddest i've ever been in several several years was when i watched a jc penny commercial that epitomized a dad as being a terrible dad and not capable of managing his own children and it was very offensive and i got really mad Mm -hmm. so i'm 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 on all sides like i i just want Equality and proper representation and people to be able to be people. That's all I want. To me, this movie shouldn't have men in it at all. This movie should have been about Diana having been in the world and isolating herself, as you said. She lost Steve. She wants to protect humanity. She wants to protect society. But she wants to do so at a distance because she still doesn't feel connected to it, With especially without Steve. Steve was that kind of bringing her into it. This should have been, as you said, a movie about friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't know that necessarily her friendship should have been with Cheetah, but there are other women in the Wonder Wo- Wonder Woman universe, um, like weird ones that they could have brought in. Like they like doing weird deep cuts. Okay, there's plenty of deep cuts you yeah. could have done that bring in and a I think female she, character. She had a
1: friend named like Julia that shot Cheetah at one point or right. something. Yeah.
0: Bring in or bring in a different like another random, like, villain that you could turn later, or something like that. Like, I, I there's a number of options that you could have done. But bring in, like, a friend that is trying to build this relationship to Diana, that is a woman trying to show her that there's more to the world than either being a faceless god to humanity or being in an intimate, emotional relationship with someone. There's friendship, there's bonding, there's There's society, there's expect, there's, you know, community. And put that person in danger by Cheetah. Yeah. Let Cheetah fully develop on her own. Don't have the two of them collect until the middle of the damn movie. Mm. Then it starts to become a thing that can bond and behave as separate entities, but then become like an intertwining connection. And then you have this build of Wonder Woman sh- learning how to be a part of the world not just in the world Yeah, because that's what the first one was it was her learning how to be in the world now she needs to learn how to be a part of it Yeah, and you don't have to do that with any of these other no. things
1: I worry about if you don't build that relationship between <laughs> Cheetah and Barbara though then Cheetah loses a big part of her character and it's just a because I mean the danger of having Cheetah in a movie is that it runs the risk of just being another, like, CGI'd, animalistic character. Like, random, faceless, like, oh, look, it's jumping now, you know? Um, Then
0: maybe even... And
1: I just, like I said, I've read a lot of stuff recently that was very well-written, impactful things about Barbara and Cheetah's relationship, and, like, her trying to show compassion for this person that has done terrible, awful things, and I think you could have had a really good message and movie with that. And then maybe
0: that's what they do. They make it, but then make it like the three girl pals, make it the three of them work at the, at the thing. And then one of them, and then you've got like these two trying to get closer and you've got Cheetah and it gets become complicated. And I don't know. I just, I feel like there was so much more opportunity for her growth when you remove all the weird Male stereotypes that they introduced, yeah, like she only saw herself or her her existence having worth with him, and Cheetah only defined herself as succeeding when men noticed her, yeah, when and people found her hot. It's and just, stuff. yeah, it was a disgusting depiction of how to develop characters, mm-hmm. and I feel like removing all of that excess would have forced them to write characters with proper growth.
1: It was incredibly, incredibly gendered and pretty offensive. It was was was. jacked up. Um, Now, before we close this out, this has been a long episode. I know people will mention it if I don't mention it. uh, People will mention that we did not mention it. Um, (laughs) This movie had various problems with stereotypes, both gender and which we hit on, but also racial stereotypes um, and it had some pretty dodgy politics. Yeah. I'm not an expert on these things, and I don't really want to get into them. There are a lot of articles out there where you can look up more information. But uh, politics in this movie were a bit rough, yeah. uh, both in you know, Gal Gadot as who she is and the things they made her character do in this movie, um, and then just generally like, the depiction of different nations and different countries and stuff like that was a little rough. You can look up more information on this, and I I hope that you do because it's a conversation that's good to have, um, and discussions that are good to have. I just don't really feel comfortable making this platform the conversation for that, but I do want to support people going and learning more about kind of the dangerous politics of Why Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Closing out T. Single best moment of the movie. Oh,
0: there were good moments. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, This is really shady and I don't mean for it to be, but I really enjoyed our little Linda Carter cameo. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Toward that the was, end.
0: Yeah. But I will be honest that, again, it's another one of those moments where I'm like, doing because Linda Carter as everyone knows was Wonder Woman Um, and in this she becomes like this super badass warrior but her cameo is effectively like her stopping like a thing from falling but she's still this like majestically gorgeous elegant floaty wah-ha. I personally as a younger person identify her more as Madam President
1: yeah. from Supergirl yeah.
0: and I'm like you're a god now but You got a whole lot less authority.
1: (laughs) Uh, For me, single best moment was at one point Cheetah kicks one of the guards of the White House (laughs) and he releases the funniest scream on his (laughs) way off screen. It should replace the Wilhelm scream. It's just a monotone, ah, (laughs) like extended, ah. So that good. you could tell somebody was like, oh man, he got kicked. We really need a scream on this. Hey Daryl, get in here and record a scream for us. And Daryl's like, ah. Was so great. How long do you need this? Like a just a quick like ah kind of. And they're like, no, do it for the whole duration that this guy's flying through the air. Oh, it was so. The White House guards were so dramatic. <laughs> Every time one of them flew in the air, he was like, ah. This <laughs> is so good. It was so uh, single worst moment of this movie. Ooh. You go first. Uh it's tough for me because I hate the Jet. Um but I've already <laughs> talked about the Jet so I probably shouldn't talk about the Jet. Stop talking about the Jet. Um honorable mention goes to the fact that when you have to set your final fight with the CGI bad guy at night, probably not good CGI. Um, just saying. Uh, But probably my God, there's just so many like plot holes and things that I just can't. um, There's so many that we're going to close this and I'm going to be like, damn, I didn't talk about that plot hole, like how she changes into her golden armor mid flight. Apparently, did she go back to her apartment and acquire that golden armor? Did she somehow have it in a freaking Hermione bag or something? I don't know. Uh, But if I had to pick one. It's probably going to be the very obvious dummies of children. Yeah. Wonder Woman swoops down to pick up these two Egyptian kids that are about to get run over, which is part of the whole dodgy politics. Look it up. Um, And she slips her grip on her lasso slips uh, and she ends up falling onto the road and rolling over these children that she has in her arms. Luckily, the children were unharmed because, in transition, they turned into stiff, rigid, wooden dummies. (laughs) Didn't know they were metahumans. It's Oak Boy and the Cedar Gal. (laughs) The Mannequin Twins, form of Dillard's Main Floor. (laughs) Um yeah it was it was just how do you let that ha- your 200 million dollar movie how do you let there be a very obvious I'm rolling on top of dummies scene yeah you know yeah i don't it's I like know. the baby from american sniper it was it's bad, bad. it's bad news
0: um this one's so minor but it bothered me so very much um in that same scene where they're in the like ATVs or whatever and they're they're driving down the like weird desert highway in Egypt she is in the passenger seat and Steve's driving and he looks away and he's like we need to do something etc and looks over to her and she's like don't worry I'll handle it and she's somehow gone from a fully like silk and like like normal material like pant outfit like normal clothes one of which like the top of which was like white or something like fully normal outfit and somehow it's now all ripped off and she had her weird bulky leather armor Wonder Woman costume on underneath
1: Mm -hmm. somehow
0: and has since ripped off her clothes and is climbing out the window in the Wonder Woman suit what where was that? Where were you hiding that? You couldn't have been wearing that under your clothes. That's not how clothes work. I will tell you, I have tried to hide certain things in clothes. Like, you can see spanks under a pair of pants that fit mm-hmm. just a little too wrong. There is no damn way that teeny little Gal Gadot was rolling up in there. <laughs> yeah. Not showing that suit underneath bull yeah that was really bad.
1: uh <laughs> was so bad one more thing worth mentioning is that there is less 80s music in the entire two and a half hours of this movie than there were sharks in the first hour and 20 minutes of jaws <laughs> um <laughs> let that steep for a moment Anyway, that's going to close us off. Thank you for listening. This was a long episode. I hope you got enjoyment out of it. And you know what? If you want to watch Wonder Woman 1984 yourself, get out and watch it. Be safe if you're going out to watch it. Watch it on HBO Max if you can, just to be safe. I know we do have to support our theaters, but it's still a little bit early. The vaccine is only making its first rounds. Uh, Be smart, people. Um, Like I said, it's not... There were good moments... It would be something that you could put on while you're doing something else. I wouldn't dedicate a movie night to it. Solid 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10 for me. C minus. Yeah. D plus. Yeah, like a D. C or a D. Um, Couple of announcements. This weekend we aren't going to have an audible episode. We're going to have a written episode. There just wasn't a whole lot coming out this week. Uh, Wednesday It's a fifth Wednesday We have one book That came out last week Uh, A couple books That came out this week We're talking about Uh, So we're just gonna do A written thing Since it's New Year's And everybody Will probably be busy anyway Next week we do have Another Wednesday episode Coming out It's very exciting And we are very excited About it Because Future State Is kicking off (laughs) So while For the duration Of Future State New stuff happening um, We're gonna try to do Regular Wednesday Future State episodes Uh where we just give you kind of a rundown and a roundup of the future state stuff kicking in. Um, And, you know, since we won't really have any new DC stuff going on, except for future state, we thought it would be pretty cool to just dive in and read it all and let you know which ones are worth picking up. So that, check that out next week. Uh, If you liked this episode, you want to hear more real extra or more of our standard episodes or any of our special episodes, check them out at coverbepodcast.com.
0: That's right. And if you're interested in, us are interesting comic book news or you know fan art or comics or random memes still about or baby Grogu.
1: watching us desperately try to get comic book writers and artists to become our best friends
0: that's true i do that a lot i just want them to love
1: me. looking at you cullen bun <laughs> hey he actually was there looking nice. at you christopher canwell Looking at you, Greg Rucca.
0: I feel like I give Kieran Gillen as much free press as I literally could possibly do.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kieran Gillen and Ed Bruberger owe us money at this point. I agree.
0: I think that's valid. There,
1: I said it. (laughs) Your invoice is in the mail, jerk. I love you. Please please like us. Anyway, (laughs)
0: follow us on social media Facebook and Twitter at (laughs) Me Podcast. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you for hanging in there. Sorry, I got very fasty.
1: Yeah, turn the volume down on this one. <laughs> Sorry.
0: It was my bad. I just get very upset. I have high expectations.
1: I have need. I have
0: need. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye.